today on CityCast Madison. We got something to brag about, y'all. Madison City Flag got the highest ranking, an A-plus, for its design in a nationwide survey of city flags. The North American Vexillological Association says Madison's flag is one of 25 best in the nation. We tracked down Ted Kay, a voting member and an authority on flag design, to tell us just why this is a big deal. It's Monday, February 27th. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. Ted, welcome to CityCast Madison. Thanks for having me here. So what landed Madison's flag with an A+, the highest possible rating? Madison's flag checks all the boxes of great city flag design. It's simple. It's got meaningful symbolism. It's got just a couple colors. It's distinctive from any other flag, and it doesn't have lettering or seals on it. And I'm partial to diagonals because they're less common on flags. And I'm partial to what I call geographic designs because the design of Madison's flag is actually a map. It's a stylized map of where Madison is on the isthmus between two lakes. Yeah, and honestly, taking a good look at it has made me really excited because I hadn't done that before. But why care about flags? I've come to believe that flags are the ultimate icon of our tribalism from national down to neighborhood, perhaps. And if one has a strong connection to one's city, one is going to gravitate towards the symbol of that city. Now, often that territory is ceded to sports teams because cities generally don't have great symbolism, but sports teams usually do. But when cities have great flags, people will gravitate towards those flags as ways to show that they belong to that city. That makes sense. And you'd mentioned some of the principles of strong flag design, that they should be simple, they should have meaningful symbolism, basic colors, just a few, um, no lettering or seals, and they should be distinctive. And I'm curious, according to whom, who made these principles? Because you're, you're really one the foremost expert on this topic. Um, I just want to know, are those principles just intuitive? The principles come from a book that I compiled, really a booklet, called Good Flag, Bad Flag. It's 16 pages, and it summarizes the thinking of about 20 people who had written on flag design. What's happened, though, is after the publication of this book, I've had people who are in the design world, the general design world, say, well, those are just basic principles of design. <laughs> right. That's what I was thinking. Which was a great affirmation. Absolutely. I feel like negative space is often undervalued. Uh, correct. Uh, and to take your idea one step further, negative space or just blank space is not necessarily a bad thing. You think about some of the greatest national flags. Take Japan, for example. There's only two colors on it. There's a solid circle mm -hmm. and a background, and that's it. And that is still a very successful flag. Many people who get involved in flag design who haven't studied or understood what makes a great flag design, 
try to create a pretty picture. They try to create something in the rectangle that's got too much going on in it. It's too cute. And those flags that resist that temptation and get to just basic ideas end up being the best design flags. And Madison, I believe, is one of those. Yeah. And I wanted to note Madison's flag was redesigned in 2018 because the original design, which is very similar to the one we have today, but it featured the sun symbol sacred to the Zia Pueblo people, which is, you know, in New Mexico. And New Mexico's flag, I just have to say, is so good. It's an iconic flag. It's got the Spanish colors of yellow and red, a yellow background with a red symbol on it. And the only thing on the flag is this Zia sun symbol. Mm -hmm. Madison's flag, they wanted to represent the native tribes. And so they chose what they knew was an, a native symbol. And that was on the flag until 2017, when people started saying, well, that, that doesn't really represent our native history. And uh, there's some cultural appropriation issues and such. And very quickly, your local newspaper ran a, a contest to redesign the flag. But the redesign was, I think, one of the best changes, one of the best upgrades to a city flag that I've ever seen, because the redesign simply removed the Zia sun symbol and placed a dot, a circle in the middle of that same pointy cross that turned it into the aerial silhouette of the state capitol yep. in the middle of the isthmus. And it's a wonderful... It's sort of like having a tattoo where you cross out the the old girlfriend's name by adding, you know, uh, a different letter right. to it. The same idea on this flag, and at a distance, you can't tell those those designs apart. It's very similar, and continues to be one of the best city flags. In stark opposite, Wisconsin's flag is not so simple. In fact, it kind of goes against a lot of the principles of what makes strong flag design, right? Looking at state flags, you might have noticed that about half of them were blue flags with a seal in the middle of them. And there are historical reasons for that. Many of them came from militia or regimental flags in the last half of the 19th century or the early part of the 20th century. But those flags don't distinguish the state from other state flags. In fact, at a distance, you just can't make out mm -hmm. whose flag is whose among those seals on bedsheets, as we call them, SOB flags. <laughs> now, Wisconsin solved it, of course. They wrote the name Wisconsin on it. Yes, that does and help. <laughs> Can you imagine a national flag that said France on it? Uh, I guess it maybe it doesn't. <laughs> it helps in one way, but makes sense kind of silly. We would laugh yeah. at a nation that put the name of the country on it. Why don't we laugh at state flags? Well, one of the reasons is so many of them do it mm. because so many of them need to do that so that you can see whose flag it really is. But I like to say, if you have to write the name of your place on your flag, your symbolism has failed. Mm -hmm. Kind of like a joke. If you have to explain it, it's... <laughs> I think that's a very good uh, analogy. And lettering doesn't belong on flags for a couple of reasons. One, you can't see it in a, at a distance very well. Two, it's 
very difficult to construct. I mean, you have to sew all those letters. And three, if you print the flag, it's going to say the word backwards. I won't make fun of Wisconsin, but Montana's on the back. It says Anatnam <laughs> and Kansas says Saznak. Yeah. Well, also, if it's whipping in the wind, you know, it's it's could say anything. <laughs> that's that's correct. And if you sew it so it reads correctly on both sides, it makes it a heavier flag, which means it doesn't fly as well and it's more expensive. And so there are practical considerations and design considerations. The design considerations are that flags are graphic symbols, not verbal symbols. Flags use images and symbols to represent their place, not the words. And Wisconsin gave up on that and said, we've got to write the name on the flag. Now, Minnesota is starting an effort to change the state flag for some other reasons, but there may be some momentum for updating state flags. Utah is just about over the finish line with a new state flag. Mississippi changed its flag a couple of years ago. Georgia changed its flag 20 years ago. Both of those were to take the Confederate battle flag off the flag. Sure. Massachusetts may well have a new flag also because it's working on changing its seal right now. You were an early guest on Roman Mars's podcast, 99% Invisible, and there's an episode about flag design back in 2014 that really sparked a nationwide discussion about flags and, you know, if they're really hitting the mark. And it sounds like... That's correct. Yeah. Roman Mars in 2015 was invited to speak at the main TED conference, TED Talk conference, and he delivered a presentation called Why City Flags may be the worst design thing you never noticed. Yep. And it's been seen 7 million times. And at the end of it, he calls on people to find out what their city flags are, find out if they're good designs. If they still like them, even if they're poor designs, fly them, he says. But if you don't like them, if you think the flag can be approved, start a movement to change them. And that has launched a wave of city flag design and redesign across the country. Our organization, NAVA, just completed a survey asking our members and the public to rate the design qualities of 312 new American city flags, flags that had been adopted since Roman Mars did his TED Talk. Okay. And we've just published that on our website. And that's the survey in which Madison's flag was rated near the top. It's an honor. And the more you know, I'm hearing about it, it really, it earned that. It looks fantastic. And now I hope to see them because I'm thinking about, you know, Chicago's flag. I've lived there and it's everywhere. It's really everywhere, like in businesses. And, you know, you can see it everywhere. And Madison's flag is so attractive. Like maybe folks, once if they haven't already thought about the flag or, you know, hear this background, they might think, maybe I'll put up my Madison flag and wave it proud. I think Madison can aspire to the same kind of embrace of its flag that Chicago has. There's some very important reasons why Chicago's flag is ubiquitous, and those can map onto Madison as well. First, it's a great design. People really like that design. The second is 
the city of Chicago has required that the flag fly on all municipal buildings. Mm. And I believe that there is or was an effort to have a similar ordinance in Madison. And that seeded the territory with a whole lot of city flags. The third, and this is, I think, the most important, is that the flag represents all of Madison. It represents the people, the institutions, the built environment, the entire city, not just the government of Madison. So many city flags have a city seal on them or the logo of the, of the city government. And those flags actually represent the city government. Why would you fly the flag of the city government on your house? But if the flag represents the entire city, if you perceive the flag as representing your tribe, your city, you're more likely to, to fly it. In fact, one of the best tests I can think of for civic embrace of a city flag is when we start seeing it show up as a tattoo. You are reading my mind, Ted. You are reading my mind. I was literally going there next and it wasn't in the <laughs> my notes. Well, um, I don't quite expect that what your mind was saying was you were going to go out to get a tattoo. No. But there may well be people who will get or have gotten Madison flag tattoos. Yes. Certainly Chicago's flag, Washington DC's flag, those flags that are so embedded in the in the civic identity of their places become tattoos. The terrible flag design, you're not going to put a terrible flag design right. on your body as a tattoo. Right. And now that I'm thinking about it, the Madison flag is pretty, pretty dope. And I think that um, I've heard, according to a producer here, that they are around the flag tattoos. <laughs> oh, that's great to hear. While I have you, I feel like I would be remiss to not ask you, what if we wanted to make a flag for CityCast Madison? I know you're just meeting us, but like maybe what are the first steps? Like, how would we start doing that? The first question I always ask anyone who wants to design a flag is, how are you going to use it? Are you going to fly it on a flagpole somewhere? Are you simply going to have a sticker that goes on your laptop? Are you only going to have it as a web icon? Those questions will lead to what form the flag is going to be. If you're going to fly it on a flagpole and people need to see it from a distance while it's flapping on a piece of fabric on both sides, mm -hmm. that's going to lead you to the design principles that are articulated in Good Flag, Bad Flag. Got it. If you're going to use it simply as a sticker on a laptop or an icon on a web page, then that's more logo design. And you, you look to that. We want them to be on bikes everywhere. We're going to be installing flagpoles at each of our homes. <laughs> uh, then probably the most important advice is don't try to make a pretty picture and understand that all you're doing is creating some kind of icon or logo that people will recognize as you. You don't have to put everything on the flag. I like to point out that there are more kinds of trees in Canada than maple trees. But Canada has just decided we're going to use the maple leaf as our image. And when you learn that that's our image, you can recognize that and you can remember that that flag represents Canada. The same thing with any institution or place. Just choose something that people will remember is yours. It doesn't have to 
do everything for you. Ted, you've given us some good tools and good insights about what makes a good flag and why Madison's got uh, the top rating. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us on CityCast Madison. It's been fun to be with you, Bianca. That was Ted Kay, secretary of the North American Vexillological Association, the largest organization of flag enthusiasts and scholars in the world. Check out our show notes if you want to learn more or see the other top-ranked city flags. And here's what else Madison's talking about. February is almost over. Thank God. (laughs) We got some fun events, though, if you're ready to end your winter hibernation a tad early. Every first and third Wednesday at 7 p.m., Cafe Coda on Willie Street hosts a Bring Your Own Vinyl Night. Come with a favorite record or just to listen. Now, their flag isn't as good as Madison's, but our neighbors in Sun Prairie are having a spring vintage shop on March 3rd and 4th. All along Main Street in downtown Sunny P, there will be 400 vendors from vintage shops and boutiques from across Wisconsin and Illinois. Might be worth checking out if you want some new digs. Plus, Wisconsin Film Fest is coming up, y'all. If you didn't know, Madison gets real serious about the Film Fest and choice films sell out quickly. So we recommend some forward planning. Your first chance to learn this year's films will be on March 8th at the First Look at the Fest event. It's for the real cinema diehard, so best believe I'll be there. You will get the film guide before anyone else and have a chance to buy tickets on the spot. If that sounds alluring, check out our show notes for more info. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell Governor Tony Evers to do something about Wisconsin's state flag? Something's got to be done. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Take care, y'all. I feel like I'm hopping all over the place.